Swanson to first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Hello, everyone. Episode 90, a nice round number. This episode of Four Future Considerations. I'm John Rashad, getting ready for Christmas and uh, joined by my good pals, as always, Manny and Matt. How are you guys doing? How's the shopping going? Well, good guys, it's Christmas Eve, Rashad. The shopping, I, I gotta, I gotta go. Actually, there's a couple things I forgot. Yeah, but... <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I still got a couple things to go. Yeah, How's it yeah. going, boys? <laughs> Not too Good. bad. The the jolly old elf himself is coming down your chimney tonight. How great is this? <laughs> and Santa's coming too. <laughs> is it bad that I kind of forgot it was Christmas Eve? <laughs> I was still thinking I had another day. <laughs> that is a problem. That is is definitely a problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, this will be the shortest episode we've ever had because yeah. John, our producer, still has to go shopping. So, uh, in my even, town, we have a cannabis store and a grocery store. That should cover everything, right? Oh go. man, <laughs> bags and chips and gummies. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have like an alcohol section at the grocery store? You can buy a couple of bottles of wine or beer. Actually, we do have an LCBO, so yeah, I've got all the vices covered. Yeah, oh, you're fine. that's twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the quickest Christmas shopping adventure ever in the history of John Rashad's life. <laughs> I used to just go to the grocery store and grab box, uh, packs of Trident and just put our names on it. So. Christmas shopping has really come a long way since going to the uh, the Texaco and getting beef jerky. <laughs> and maybe maybe some windshield wipers. You yeah. know, and yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I know you always I know you always love to get Jill some road salt just to be safe, you know. <laughs> You can change it up. This will be the best Christmas ever at the Rashad household. <laughs> it really will be. Have you guys uh, been to a store to buy anything for Christmas this year? Yes, I have. Yep. And actually, you know what? I did go to Canadian Tire and buy her an ice scraper. <laughs> oh, actually for Christmas or just well, to get one? No, for, for Christmas. It's <laughs> oh, the head with or... <laughs> John might have the biggest set of cojones of the three wow. of us. Wow. He bought her an ice scraper. Let us know if that is a great gift for your partner. Uh, <laughs> email us at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. What's the worst present you've given your significant other? And try to beat an ice scraper. Is it one of the glove ones at least? Don't no, it's a- actually... It's actually one of the ones with the swiveling head that's got the big, like, broom-type thing on it. Oh, oh it, It's not the 10-centimeter ones that you grab. It's got the extendable arm on it and everything. It's, oh. it's a good one. Oh, wow. Rashad gets the only ice scraper that makes it harder to get the ice off the windshield. <laughs> Great gift. Great look gift. At, look at it spurts water as you scrape it. Rashad, it's an uh, It makes more ice. 
Good thing you got an ice scraper. John, can you produce 30-second commercials just advertising these products? Uh, Matt, have you been in a store? Is that why you asked? Or I, I, I've been to, so I've been to the dollar store for cards, and that's it. I have not been to a single store uh, this year. They've all just brought the stuff to me. That's nice. great. I've, I've done a few of the deliveries, but I've had to go into the store for a couple of things, too. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, what we did is we sort of went during off hours, like we'd go out at like four mm-hmm. and kind of time it when all the stores are about an hour from closing is when we go in to kind of hit the shoulder the shoulder season so it wasn't a big rush of people. So that's how yeah. we got yeah. it done. I go at 8.45. That way I have to do it in 15 minutes and I don't have to go back and forth over something. Yeah, I'm just getting this. Yeah, I'm just getting this. And you're the guy that when you come walk in, you get every stare from every staff member that's, uh, <laughs> as they're chasing you around Walmart, throwing oranges at you for coming in 10 minutes before they close. <laughs> so if you're Christmas shopping while listening to this episode, check the clock. Don't wait in your car for this episode to end because you can pause and listen to it again rush into the store and get that last minute gift this is actually our second episode of the week go back and have a listen to episode 89 and check out some of our hot takes some of our cold takes and join the debate as well yeah absolutely join us on social media when you can um (laughs) used to be podcast ffc on twitter uh it still is for instagram for future considerations on facebook the twitter thing is is out of control we had too many votes on our sports movie poll that twitter just stopped we got an they're like you know what guys you're getting too much attention we're trying to spread this propaganda and you guys are having too much fun so stop. That's what that's, that's right. what the email said. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. Yeah, right. Right. Not word for word, but <laughs> Yeah, when King Kardashian had that magazine cover and broke the internet, that's basically what we've done with our yeah. movie poll. Uh, Twitter should be up and running any day now. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So they say. That's right. You can also email us your questions, comments, and topic suggestions at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. More reliable than Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if we can set, shut down Google Mail, that would be another thing. That, that's a whole new echelon of stuff right there. That's a New Year's resolution right there. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas and New Year's and all that, oh, this is going to be so much fun. We get a chance now to talk about one of the best sports tournaments of all time, the World Junior Hockey Championship. It gets started this year in Red Deer and Edmonton, Alberta. It's such a great tournament, right? It, it really is. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's great to just start to finish. You got four games on. They spread out the time so they don't really overlap. It's just wall-to-wall hockey. It's great. Yeah, it's perfect. I think I checked, and I think a lot of the games are two and a half hours apart this year, which is perfect. A little bit of pregame, a little bit of postgame, and then just nonstop hockey all day. Yeah, that's great. And I have some time off. Usually you take days off over that break. You can watch hockey. Stay up late, have a few drinks, not worry about going into work the next day. Yeah, it's perfect. It's beauty. Yep. 
And uh, for this tournament, we have a special guest to talk about the tournament. This guy has been watching hockey all of his life. He was the managing editor of Dauber Prospects and most recently joined the Hockey News to share his insight into the best hockey prospects around the world. Now he's looking forward to the World Juniors as we are. He is also a repeat guest. Please welcome back to For Future Considerations, the one, the only, Tony Ferrari. Tony, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me back. I always enjoy hopping on with you. Our our first return guest, actually, uh, that we've ever seen on For Future Considerations, and uh, I'm surprised that uh, most of the time that I get brought back. So for you to get brought back, it's uh, it's pretty exciting seat that you're sitting in. (laughs) I I feel the pressure now, boys. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to take any credit for your career moves, but I mean, you were on the show, then you moved to the hockey news. It's they obviously heard the podcast and liked what they heard, right? I mean, that's exactly how it worked out, actually, right in the interview. They're like, I listened to that podcast, and you, you're fantastic, so I had to get you. Yep, we had, we've had we had Mike Fuda on. Uh, he then, uh, we got a couple of reference calls uh, for him to join when he joined the Carolina Hurricanes. That was exciting. Who else did we just have uh, promoted in the last little bit? We got Will Cooley into the World Junior Team as well. Uh, Dave Cameron, guy, nice guy, but he was calling me all night long. We're like, yes, he's a good kid. He's a good guy. So, yeah, this this is the this is the platform this is the jumping point right here tony well, i can't wait to get hired by one of the nhl teams then let's go <laughs> pretty soon you'll be on the nhl network and uh, it'll be great yeah you'll be the gm of the vancouver canucks aren't they looking for one i mean i could do a better job than who they had so why not <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, so you you did switch jerseys. How's how is it working and writing for the hockey news these days? It's good. It's good. I've got a lot of freedom to do it, and I don't have to deal with all the managing editor stuff, which is nice. It's uh, it's a little less work for me and uh, a little bit bigger platform, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah, transition was easy for you as far as writing style. Everything for that stayed the same, or was there a little bit that the hockey news wants a certain look, or or what was that initially like for you? Honestly, there wasn't too much uh, too much change for me. Like everything I did was is pretty casual, pretty jokey. I, I throw jokes in my writing and everything like that. And the one thing I, I I made sure of though when I when I signed on with them is I'm like, listen, guys, I do my videos, I, I interview the prospects and stuff, do the game tape stuff that I do. And and I know you guys are more professional. I know you guys like to see guys in suits and ties and stuff, but that's just not who I am. So I'm going to wear a stupid tie-dye sweater. I'm going to wear a backwards baseball cap. I'm going to look like an idiot in some of these videos, and you guys are going to have to live with that. That's my one stipulation. And they ummed and odd for a minute, and they've been pretty good about it. They've they've had no issue with it or anything, so, so it's been good. Well, well, John always has to have uh, brown uh, M&Ms brought to his, uh, his studio before we record here. Manny's got to have fresh flowers and uh, scented candles. So we're used to we're used to riders like that. It's all right. Yeah, I try. I try to not be too too high maintenance, but I mean, I'm not wearing a tie. That's 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 my lie. And if they make you put on a tie, you can ask for a clothing allowance, Tony. So it's exactly. all good. It's all good. How excited are you for the World Juniors this year? Oh, I'm excited, especially because the NHL is shutting down and everything's kind of looking bleak. So this is a, a little glimmer of hope for us because, man, like we watched it last year. It was fun. It was great. And we watched it in the bubble. And this year they're kind of bubbling up a little bit again. And 
they're going to have some people in the stands, 50%, but, uh, man, I'm just glad they're going off without a hitch because they, they've gotten in before all these stipulations have come in. They've gotten all the guys tested and everything, so it's good to see everyone go- getting healthy as they go into the tournament. It's nice. And you've been watching Team Canada's camp really closely. Who's stood out for you so far? Well, I'd start with the leadership group. I think Caden Gooley has been a big, big factor on the back end. And, and the guy that they, he's been paired with quite often is is Olin Zellweger. I think the, the Anaheim Ducks prospect's been absolutely fantastic out of the WHL. He's probably their most dynamic defenseman since they decided, for whatever reason, not to bring Brant Clark at all. But uh, Olin Zellweger is going to be that offensive presence on that back end. And I think he's a guy that is going to be a big difference maker. And then you you get a guy like Cole Perfetti in the in the lineup, and, and that's just a, a godsend for that team. Like He's going to be one of their best offensive players. And Jake Neighbor is going to be that guy that kind of plays up and down the lineup and, and does what he does. He hits, throws throws the body around, contributes offensively, and... A lot of people think he's a he's a shooter because he's got the big physical presence, but man, this kid's a skilled playmaker, and I think that's where he's going to really shine in this tournament. I think uh, every year before the tournament uh, starts, we always like to compare uh, this team to previous teams that didn't do very well, teams that did really well. Where does this one fit over the last couple of years, and, and are you surprised by the makeup of uh, Dame Cameron's team? Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a weird team. I, I don't know how good they're necessarily... Like, they're going to be good. They're Team Canada. Like They're going to probably get a medal for sure. But I, I don't think they're the runaway favorite to win the gold. Like I think in net, they're still trying to figure out exactly who the starter is. I think Sebastian Coase is the guy they're leaning towards, which would be my vote as well, because he's the best goalie they have, in, in my opinion. He's fantastic. Eyes are playing. Yeah, exactly, man. Like He's just been fantastic. But... And then up front, I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of scoring by committee. It's it's weird to say that knowing that guys like uh, Shane Wright are going to be on this team and Mason McTavish and, as I mentioned, Cole Perfetti. But you look up and down this lineup, and, and it's going to be a, a solid team. My The big question for me is is whether Connor Bedard gets in the lineup and where he fits in. Because for me personally, he's been one of the best players at camp. He was the best player at evaluation camp. He had six points in their two games against the U Sports All-Stars, and, and no one else had more than two. Like He was an absolute beast on in that those two games game so for me he, he should slot in on the third line somewhere be a scoring threat there but they're they're kind of making it tough on him he's playing the extra forward and, and unfortunately because they're not playing many pre-tournament games he's not going to get that chance to shine they're only going to be playing the one and I expect him to get into that game and hopefully he kind of plays well and, and kind of asserts himself because he, he deserves to be in this lineup wanted to ask you about Connor Bedard because you were singing his praises on Twitter um, and you can follow Tony on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari but there's still a lot of debate about whether 16 year olds should be playing in this tournament give us the argument as to why Connor Bedard belongs he's one of the five best forwards they have like that that's that's kind of my argument that's been my argument the entire time because outside of Shane Wright Cole Perfetti maybe Kent Johnson Dylan Genther you can maybe toss Mason McTavish in there. I think Connor Bedard's as good or better than almost every other player on this roster. Like you compare him to a guy like Ridley Gregg and, and yeah, Greg brings that, that kind of menacing presence, the the ability to kind of get under other team's skin. But if you're going to throw a guy out there for, for 10 minutes a night, why not make it Connor Bedard, Th- throw him on the fourth line and, and be that scoring presence. The guy that can got, really push the pace because he, he, he brings one thing that I think not many other players on this team brings, and that's incredible pace and, and the ability to put the defenders on their back back heels. This guy, he plays so fast, and he plays incredibly skilled at that high speed, which is something that not a lot of teams can handle. And, and yeah, he's 16. He's a little bit small, but he's 180, 85 pounds for a 5'9 guy. He's a thick boy, and he's strong. So I think he can hold up, but it, it's just going to be about whether or not Dave Cameron wants to kind of put him in the lineup because he, he's been a little hesitant on him since, since he's been in camp. 
I wanted to ask you about a couple other players on the Canadian team. Uh, so, some London Knights fans listen to this podcast, um, and they're they're wondering why Luke Evangelista did not make this team. That's a, a question that I, I kind of had for myself because I thought he had a really good camp. Um, I think honestly, it come da- came down to him and Will Cooley kind of at the end of it, and, and and I think they opted to go with Will Cooley. I think they went, you know what, Will brings a little bit more of a well-rounded game. Evangelista's got some of the physical presence that Will brings, but he d- is more of a scoring threat, and I think Will brings a little bit more of a well-rounded game. He, he's got the leadership as well, so I think Will Cooley was the guy that kind of took his spot. Even though, in all honesty, I don't think Will had as, as good a camp as as Luke Evangelista, but I, I don't think either guy was going to necessarily be a, a top six, top nine guy. I think both of them are going to play in the bo- both of them would have played in the bottom bottom six. So it, it's it was one of those things where I think they went, you know what, which guy do we want? And they just went with Will. Is it matter? Is it a matter of Will just being more physical than Luke? I think that was a big factor. I really do because Will is Will has no problem throwing that body around when, with the best of them, right? Like he's he's a guy that he obviously can score. He's got a really good shot, but. His bread and butter is throwing that body along the boards, really being a menace down low and on the forecheck. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he plays because I expect him to be in the lineup because they don't have a ton of those guys. And you mentioned uh, Brant Clark a little bit earlier, and if you have some insight on that, it would be very nice that anybody would be able to understand the, the thinking there. The other part of that, too, of course, in the end, is that Canada is going with a left-handed defenseman lineup. Uh, is that something that you think is, is has any effect on how they chose this team, or it just so happened that that's the way it, it lays out? Well, I think they, they expected Jack Thompson to be on the team, and then he went into camp with COVID, and, and they told him that you know what with the Sudbury situation and everything we're going to leave you out of camp in the evaluation camp and unfortunately that means we're not going to have you on the team and with Brant Clark I think it was just man they, they wanted a certain style of guy I, I don't know exactly what the reason was but that was the excuse that that Dave Cameron kept giving we, we wanted to play a certain way and Brant doesn't play that way and, and in my mind I look at it and go you know what you, you have guys like Lucas Cormier on the team you have a guy like Olin Zellweger I don't know what Brant Clark doesn't bring that those two guys do. And, and I'm a huge Zellweger fan, per, like, personally. I think he's a great defenseman. And like I said, he's going to be one of the, the most dangerous defenders on this team offensively. And, and Brant Clark would have filled that role as well. And, and like you said, they have all left-handed shot defensemen. It's going to be a little awkward for some of those guys to handle the pucks as they get rung around the boards. I think that's kind of where the big, big area is that these guys have to deal with. But in all honesty, I think almost every one of these guys are skilled enough that they can play on their offside and not really have too much to worry about. The USA are the defending champs in this tournament. Do you think they'll be tough this year? The U.S. roster is a weird one. They uh, they're gonna have to score by committee because they don't really have a guy up front. Like most teams have a Shane Wright or a, a, a Alexander Holtz on Sweden, like guys like that. And the United States roster has Matty Beniers, who's I think a, a fantastic player. He's my number one ranked player last year, even ahead of Owen Power. But then you got guys like. Matthew Nyes, a Leafs prospect, Sasha Pashajab, Mackie Samuskevich, uh, another guy in Chaz Lucius. They've got a bunch of guys that can score, but they don't really have a guy. I think the strength of this team this year is really on the back end with Jake Sanderson, Scott Morrow, Tyler Clevin, Luke Hughes, Brock Faber. Like They've got a bunch of do- dudes on the back end that are just studs, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that back end play. But yeah, like I think up front, they're going to have to kind of score by committee because they don't have a Jack Hughes this year. They don't have a Cole Caulfield, so it's going to be interesting to see what, what who kind of emerges as the, the real big scorer for them. Who replaces Spencer Knight? Oh man, like I, I think Drew Kermes was the guy in net for them this year. I think he's a really good goalie. I think he's had a, a pretty decent season so far. But 
Yeah, I don't think they have a like. It's not a Spencer Knight situation, that's for sure. I think they're they're gonna look whoever is in net for this team, whether it's Caden Embarco or or Drew Camesso. I think they're gonna look really good because this def- defensive core is stacked. Like they they probably have the best defensive group in the tournament, and and Jake Sanderson's gonna lead that group. I think it's gonna be fantastic. But yeah, they don't have a Spencer Knight back there, that's for sure. We're going to talk about COVID throughout the entire tournament, whether you like it or not. And yeah. a couple of teams have been affected by this already. Americans lose a guy. Finland loses a guy. How much of an impact do you think that this is going to have uh, once the tournament gets going here? I I don't, I don't know if it's going to have an effect once the tournament gets going. I think it we're now that they're kind of in the restricted area, they, they've tightened up protocols already a couple times even. So guys are in their own rooms now even like they're not sharing rooms anymore like it's it's gonna suck but like losing a guy like thomas bordolo like that's a huge blow because he would have been one of those offensive guys that really could have made a difference at this tournament without being one of the older players on this team i think like you mentioned finland loses aturatu who was originally projected to be a top pick last year and ended up going in the second round of the the islanders but he's had a fantastic year it really has been the aturatu uh, redemption tour in, in Finland this year, especially since he was traded to uh, to his new team. He's been absolutely lighting it up, and, and it's been a, a big case of, hey, he's finally getting top six minutes, and, and he's showing he's showing that he's still that offensive player that we all kind of saw going into his draft year. So, losing a guy like that, losing a guy like Thomas Bordalo for the states, it, it's gonna it's gonna suck. It's gonna affect those two teams specifically, but. I don't think we're going to get too much in tournament like losses because of the other uh, restrictions they've taken, the testing they're doing daily so far. It's it's they're doing a good job of, of managing things there, and, and hopefully we don't have too much. Is there a country not being talked about as a gold medal favorite that you think we should be talking about? I think Sweden's not getting as enough love this year, and I think they've they've left a couple guys off their roster, and, and a guy like William Wallander, who's a Red Wings prospect, but they've got maybe the best goalie in the tournament in Jesper Wallstedt. Um, I've been saying all year, like, since this tournament's kind of been announced, and, and looking at the rosters, I'm like, man, I bet you any money Wallstedt wants wants a quarterfinal or a semifinal matchup against Canada, so he can kind of go head-to-head against Sebastian Kosa and prove that he should be should have been the number one goalie drafted last year. Um, I, I think this Sweden roster is, is stacked, and, and the addition of William Eklund and Alexander Holtz are going to absolutely blow teams away like they're probably going to be two of the top scorers of the tournament so I think Sweden despite being one of the teams that we all kind of always think of I think they're a team that really is going to challenge Canada for that gold you've been talking about Wallstat since last before last oh. year's NHL draft and, and I love the kid and Lucas it's Raymond too bad they're not going to have I was going to say it's too bad they're not going to have your nephew Lucas on the team too <laughs> yeah, yeah I know right Oh, man. Um, You actually just came out with your draft rankings for the players in this tournament. Uh, I don't think anybody was surprised to see Shane Wright number one, but what kind of feedback are you getting about that list? Uh, I'm getting pretty good feedback. The one thing I keep getting pushed back on is a couple of guys that are actually on the finished roster, and Brad Lambert and Joachim Kamel. Kamel kind of came out of the 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 gates hot this year, scoring a bunch, just shooting shooting the lights out. But the problem was he was shooting at 30, percent and that's not sustainable. And he's a guy that's it's very much a trigger man. And, and Brad Lambert's a guy that struggled to find the score sheet a little bit this year, so. He does everything else but find the score sheet so far this year. In in the the situation I've likened it to is a few years back with the guy you just mentioned, Lucas Raymond, and, and a guy that's on the Swedish roster this year, Alexander Holtz. A lot of people had Holtz ahead because he was scoring more, but you're looking at it now and you're like, oh man, maybe people slept on Lucas Raymond a bit. And it was because the process was there. He was doing everything right. He just wasn't finding the back of the, the net because he was a 17-year-old playing in the, the men's league in, in Sweden. 
This year, it's two 17-year-olds playing in the men's league in Finland, and the guy that's the the high-end shooter is is finding a little bit more success, despite the fact that he's not really doing everything to get those goals. He's being carried by a guy like Jerry Tierkalainen on his line, and it's he's benefiting from it certainly. Like it's it's not a, a, a hidden fact. So. I I have Brad Lambert ahead, but a lot of people, most of the people in in draft world right now have Joaquin Kamel ahead because he he at one point he was leading the Liga in goals, but it was kind of how is he getting those goals and how is is Brad Lambert affecting the game as well, and that's kind of my my theory on those two. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about, Tony. It's okay. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> This is like Christmas for you, isn't it? Well, the tournament is at Christmas, but the tournament is like Christmas for you, right? It really is. I love this tournament. It's my. It's. I. I, I go back and forth between this and the U18s being my favorite tournament of the year, but this one's usually my favorite because it, it does feature a couple, like a lot of guys that have been drafted already. So it's like, okay, like is the confirmation of of my thoughts being there? Like, is a guy like Scott Morrow for the Americans going to blow up and and be a dynamic presence for them, or is a guy like? Uh, Lucas Raymond last year going to be a big presence for the Swedes. Like that's kind of what you're looking for, and and then you get proven wrong by on some guys as well. So it's it's not always roses, but uh, it's a tournament I love watching every year. Do you have any predictions on where Canada and the U.S. will finish and what the medal standings will look like? I think Canada's probably going to finish in the gold or silver spot. The U.S. I'm gonna. Uh, this might be a hot take, but I think they finish out of the medals this year. I just don't think they're gonna have the scoring punch or, or the goaltending to do it. I think their blue line is ridiculous, like I said, but they really don't have a guy up front that you can go. Who, who's gonna be the guy to score when you need one? Whereas a lot of these other countries do. Even even a country like Finland, you can rely on a guy like Joachim Kamel and Brad Lambert to push the pace and, and get a goal. Uh, in Sweden, you have Alexander Holtz. In Russia, you have a guy like Matvey Michkov. Like there's every team seems to have a guy except the U.S. of the Big Five. So Canada, Sweden, you like? Who yeah. else is going to medal? I'm going to go Finland because I always seem to. I always give the Finns a ton of credit. No one ever picks them because of Finland, and they seem to be the the forgotten of the Big Five. But they play the most team team oriented game of any of these these five nations. They they play. Oh, they always surprise and they always seem to do really well. So Finland's going to be the team that I'll go with the bronze. But I think Sweden's going to finish with the the gold, and Canada gets the silver. Ooh. And we haven't even talked about the Russians. Yeah, yeah the Russians are really good, but I, I think they, they suffer from, as usual, not having a single defenseman that's worth talking about. <laughs> uh, well, Tony, uh, we hope that the holiday season is great for you. We hope that you enjoy watching this tournament. Uh, I know we all will be watching it closely. Thanks again for joining us on For Future Considerations. Our thanks again to Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News for joining us to talk about the World Junior Hockey Championship, which begins on Boxing Day, live from Edmonton and Red Deer, Alberta. And you can follow Tony and his work, his Twitter handle, at VTonyFerrari, and look for his articles in the Hockey News online. Uh, He's going to be posting three stars every day. There is... There are tournament games being played. He's going to post three stars on the Hockey News Online. And, and Tony does a great job since joining their outfit. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, how come his Twitter never goes down? Ours does, and his doesn't. Not enough followers. <laughs> <laughs> he's more controversial, isn't he? No, he just, he so. just came on here and said Canada's going to lose the gold medal game. He used to get blocked from <laughs> things for, for saying that. 
Come on now. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, guys, how do you guys think Canada and the U.S. will do? Yeah, I, I still think they're the best two teams. I know we like Sweden a lot, but I, I still think we're looking at a Canada-U.S. showdown. That would be awesome. I wish Russia was a little bit better team this year because um, everyone hates Russia right now. It would be a good, fun, uh, good <laughs> fun rivalry to have in the gold medal game. <laughs> Everybody hates Russia. Well, if their 16-year-olds can be the star of the tournament, that'll, be, <laughs> that'll cause huge waves in hockey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'll be real interesting. We'll see how these 16-year-olds do in, in this tournament and big expectations for, for Connor Bedard. We'll see what, what Dave Cameron lets him do, but I hope you let the, the, the horse wild a little bit and see what he see what he's got and we, we haven't really talked about shane wright being the number one prospect this year like mm-hmm. um you know he could light it up and really prove to be the number one solidify his position as the projected number one pick in the nhl draft too and if he does that then canada should win gold right i would hope so yeah yeah and so if you agree or disagree with us, you can always hold our feet to the fire. You can email us about our hot takes at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, and follow us on the social media channels, podcast, FFC on Twitter and Instagram, for future, uh, for future considerations on Facebook. We want to thank our sponsors on this episode and throughout the year. London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sports training and nutrition. And we also want to say happy holidays and Merry Christmas. We hope you have a fantastic and safe holiday season. Yes, we're going to take a, a short uh, break. Uh, the next episode of For Future Considerations, you can circle on your calendars, will be January 5th, uh, 2021. We'll find out which New Year's resolution Manny has already broken, and uh, we'll get caught up on, on how everybody's holidays went. <laughs> Sounds great. So join us then. Have a fantastic holiday season, as John mentioned. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.